a man asked to be admitted in a very strict monastery where monks kept permanent silence. Well, after five years, the abbot came to him and told him, since you've been such a faithful monk for five years, you will be allowed to say two words. The monk, the noble, the monk replied, hard bed. The abbot promised he would do something to address the situation. Five years went by and he, the abbot came to this monk again and he said to him, after you've been a faithful monk for 10 years now, you're allowed to say two more words. And the monk said, cold food. The abbot again said he would do something to address this issue. So another five years went by and then he came to him after 15 years and said, you've been a faithful monk for 15 years, you can say two more words. To which the monk said, I quit. And the abbot replied, well, that's all right. You probably didn't have a vocation to this kind of life. The only thing you've done since you came here is complain. <laughs> that would be a really hard life, wouldn't it? Yet, at times I find that there's like a, a scarcity of words in our world today. And it's not because of any monastic rule. It's rather more of a self-imposed silence. Many times you... You wish more good conversations took place, and they, they don't seem to happen. I remember this couple, couple was sharing with us uh, a vacation uh, holiday they had, and they went to this nice restaurant. And they said, we sat in the, it was, this was pre-COVID, obviously, but they sat in the middle of these tiny tables. Each one, there were like 12, 10 or 12 couples around them. And they were hoping to have a nice conversation, but they told us none, none of those couples were talking. They were silent the entire dinner. So we had to whisper all that we were saying because we, were, we could be overheard so easily in the, in the restaurant. And they were wondering, how, why is it that people that love each other and want to spend time together don't necessarily communicate so much? How many times is true also what you know, this great author, Bray uh, Bradbury, said in his novel Fahrenheit 451, this futuristic world that he imagines where people are hooked to their devices and they don't read, books are forbidden. And one of the characters, Clarice, the little girl, says, you know what I've discovered? That people don't talk about anything. They only mention cars or clothes, but they don't really talk about anything that concerns them. And it's quite true, isn't it? In many places, true conversations have become rare unusual. And this is very connected with today's celebration because we're celebrating the Feast of the Epiphany. And Epiphany in Greek means the manifestation. The fact that God opened his heart to us in Christ. That he revealed the mysteries of his character and his being by sending to us his Son. In fact, Jesus would say later on, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. And I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends. Because all that the Father has told me, I've shared that with you, I've given that to you. And if you think of it, it's, it's a great manifestation of love from someone. We only open up to the people we love and we trust. And this is a great way of the Lord saying to us, this is how much I care for you and I love you. That I open my the mystery of my being to you 
I hold no secrets back from you. You know who I am. I want you to know who I am. And when, when that, something like that takes place, when we open up to someone, that enables the relationship to grow. It creates deeper trust. And it's something we really need. We pers personal beings are hardwired for this kind of exchange of, or conversations. We make sense of our lives by this constant exchange of our inner worlds, of our thoughts and desires and perceptions. And when that doesn't happen, when we don't find anyone that we can really talk to, or nobody listens to us, or people don't understand me, there's no connection, there's no chemistry, our life feels so boring and dry. On the contrary, when we are able to share that inner world, that's when relationships become meaningful and life becomes more enjoyable. I can tell you in my own life, relationships truly came alive for me when I encountered Christ. I think before that, my, I had a good time with people, but relationships were very superficial for me. Never got into really any profound conversations, I think. And it has to do with the fact that when Christ comes into your life, he brings healing, he brings light into your soul, because when your soul is a bit in bitterness and complaining all the time, you don't want to share much. Um, it's also true that um, you know yourself. You start to really know yourself, and this world of yours expands, and so you have something more to share. Um, and it was through missions, through the works of mercy, through sharing in small faith groups, that I began to really get into these very meaningful conversations, just to give you a snippet of something that uh, was like a parable of life for me. I shared with you that many years ago, a couple of my friends, priests in the society, went on a vacation trip to the Grand Canyon. Our car broke down. And one of them had this crazy idea to hitchhike the rest of the trip, and so we did. We hitchhiked for 1,600 miles. We rode with 17 different people. And we had the most amazing conversations. I remember there was this, this man called Rudy, who was hauling a, a roadrunner back to, to Iowa to, to repair, repair it with his son. And he was a fallen away Catholic. So he began asking questions. And after a while, he said to Father Ignacio, why did you become a priest? So Father Ignacio says, oh, well, that's a story. So he began telling all the, the, the testimony. And then he turned to me and said, why did you become a priest? Well, that's also a good story, so I began to t share that. Well, it was a whole hour sharing our stories of how our conversion happened, how our vocation took place. And this man ended, ended up saying, wow, you men give me a whole new perspective on faith, really. Uh, I think I'm going to start going back to church after this. Well, stories like, thi like this repeated themselves over and over again during the trip. And I can tell you, that's for me like a symbol of what faith does in your life. For me, walking in Christ and faith and being a priest has been so amazing precisely because it has enriched my connection with people so deeply. It's enabled me to interact with all sorts of people in many, many walks of life and the most crazy places you can imagine. I don't want to go through a list here. This time, I think, is time of Christmas and Epiphany, this time of New Year, especially with the pandemic. I think we have opportunities to spend a lot of time 
with our households, with our loved ones. And at times it can be an opportunity from the Lord to also deepen those connections and the, the conversations with them. So let me suggest a few practical takeaways on how to go about it. The first thing you can, you can do to foster better conversations is to think of good topics or stories, things that would be good to share in a certain um, family dinner or gathering with friends, maybe something funny that happened to you, someone interesting you met, something inspiring you read about. You know, and when you start in that habit of sharing with people, then you start looking for stories. It's like you have a radar that opens up. You know, good friends of mine like Father Ivan are really good at this. Everything they read, everything they look at, they're thinking, I'm going to share this with my friends. I'm going to take this to our home dinner. I'm going to share this in a homily. It's like a sort of scanner that they develop for this kind of thing. And one recommendation I would do is keep it positive. Right? There's a lot of you know, negative things going on, but it, it fosters good things foster more sharing. Well, negativity often makes our defenses go up, and so people don't feel so much like sharing after that. Maybe they feel like complaining and, and bickering, but not sharing so much. So that's the first one. Bring good stories or topics that you've discovered. The second one is think of good questions you can bring to the table, to the conversation. Hasn't it happened to you that at times you have something really great you want to share with people, but it feels awkward to just start saying it? You kind of need someone to prompt you and to tell you, hey, tell me about this. Well, that's, you can take that role in a conversation. You can think of what would be a good question for this group of people or for my spouse or for my children, for my cousin. You know, tell me about this person you met or how, tell me the story of how you came to move here or do this job or, or how did this happen in the past? Who, who was the person that most impacted your life when you were in college? You know, each person has, has such a treasure of memories and stories and wisdom. If you tap into that with the right questions, you'll be surprised at all the things you can learn. And at times it may help to, to seek one-on-one -on -one time with people in your family. Maybe you, it happens, like it happened to me, that when there's six of you in a table, maybe you feel a bit intimidated, you open up more. But maybe if you take them aside, if you look for one-on-one -on -one time, you can really get people in your family to open up more. And the final thing is to listen. Don't forget to listen. If you bring up good questions and the person starts opening up, well, make sure you focus your attention. Don't you know, look away to your phone or something, because that's a conversation killer. Listening is one of the highest expressions of love there is. In fact, when people say they feel unloved, they usually say by one of these symptoms, like, nobody listens to me. I have no one to talk to. It's one of the greatest dramas of our time, I think, that we, we can count on the fingers of our one hand or less the people we can really talk to. So listening is a great, great gift. It's a great act of love for others. So bring good stories or topics that, you can, that can enrich the conversation. Think of good questions, things that will, can open up the space for more sharing. And finally, listen. Be a good listener. May we pray. Father, let the light of your Son, Jesus, 
illumine my heart in this feast of his apparition, his manifestation. Thank you, Lord God, for opening your own heart to us in such a powerful way by sending your Son to show us who you are. Let that light that we see in Jesus become my salvation and my strength. May it bear fruit in me so that I can also, may also convey that light to others, Father, and, and foster deeper connections with them. In your holy name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.